Hallelujah, hallelujah. All right. It is good to see everybody here this morning. Let's go ahead and jump right in. I know that it is good fellowship with a good coffee. How many know that we appreciate things sometimes a lot more after we lose them? Let me see your hand. You know what I mean? You, you take for granted things until you lose them, and then sometimes you go, wow, when they've been restored. That means as if you weren't aware that we had plumbing issues this morning and the, the water wasn't running, therefore the bathrooms had issues. We take for granted the restrooms in modern day that we can flush. All right, there's the man I was waiting on. It is good to see you here this morning. It's good to see Joe Forquer, our friend that's here. Good, praise God. Let me tell you, after, after pastoring now over 27 years, this is the sixth uh, week of the year, so I, I believe there's 1,410 days that I've been the pastor of this church, and I think this is the first time that we ever did not have water when we started out. And they were out there working on it this morning, and we're going to pray that the uh, glue in those pipes hold. Let's give a hand to Luke and all those that helped this morning. I don't see him, so he might be out holding the pipe himself. Oh, there he is. There he is. All right. Also, I want to just make notice that uh, every year we are so thankful for you that give to the church and in, in your tithe and in your offerings. And uh, last week, uh, the church sent out a tithing report, a giving report that was just uh, the first few months of the year. Then we have hired another bookkeeper uh, midway through the year and uh, they have just, uh, you know, put together all of the figures for the giving. Uh, we have those in the back and Gwen's going to help at the end of the service. Uh, if you did not receive yours to make sure to go back there and, and get that. Uh, if the, the figures are not correct, please see us. But you put the last report with this week's report. It should come out the whole year in retrospect. And, and we are blessed to live in a country that gives us it's not the reason we give, but it's a great benefit of having a tax write-off and uh, off our donations and our giving. Uh, and, and, you know, as I've said before, as I preach on a subject, it's amazing how the, the reticular activator, you know, in your brain goes off and, and you're, you're not aware of something until you're focused. You know, like nobody owns a black truck until you own a black truck. And then you look and you go, everybody owns a black truck. What was I thinking? Well, a lot of times when I preach, you know, because I'm focused on that, that there's things that happen during the week that, that it's just amazing that they go with that sermon. So I know that the enemy, through the tithing reports and the water problems, and there were several other things that went on, because I'm preaching the series on taste and see of the goodness of God. And, and th this morning, as I said last week, was the beginning of the series, and we we, we knew that last week was kind of like considered Super Bowl Sunday and it's the big football game of the year. But that could have been the beginning of a Super Sunday for you of revelation that, that could change this year totally. You know, uh, we sang that song, uh, He's our way maker, promise keeper, 
miracle worker. He's the light in the darkness. Now, when I sing that, I think about revelation that our God is the light in our darkness. Now, now that doesn't mean that you're uh, evil or that you're walking in uh, you know, sin. The, the thing that I'm talking about is until we get revelation on a subject, sometimes we're not familiar with the breakthrough that we can have as believers. And it, when God reveals revelation to us through His Word, it's like a light going on. Has anybody ever experienced that through the Word of God in your life? You know, what, what's amazing is the enemy can can speak to us about what other people have gotten revelation on and they're walking in freedom and they're walking in victory and they're overcomers. And the enemy can look at that and, and, and begin to build up a story or a cause that we can even criticize those people. Which prevents us from ever experiencing walking in that victory ourselves. Now I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you because if... I know that I've been there before where, where I've said, you know, I don't know if I believe that you guys know that I went to Bible school. Therefore, I know everything about the Bible there is. If you're not careful, you can build that pride up so much that you start going, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I can get in agreement with that. All the while, they're walking in victory and freedom. And I'm going, man, I don't know if I agree with that. Sometimes it is. To our detriment, not to allow God to increase our capacity to begin to see revelation that we've overlooked in our lives through the Word of God. I'm not talking about going off and getting a comic book and going, that's good, that's how you live your life. I'm talking about the Word of God. This morning, I want us to remember that this year we're believing for a year of harvest. In the passage I've been kind of reading is Psalm 65 verse 11 that says, your crown, or you crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. How many are believing with John Miller, the pastor of this church, that this is a year of abundance for us? Now, I, I want to just speak to you and please don't raise your hand in the next 10 seconds. 15. He'll give me 30. Anyway, in the next little while, if you're here and you might consider yourself a negative thinker, nobody does that. They consider themselves a realistic thinker. And if you kind of bend towards that way of being a realistic thinker because, you know, you might be analytical. Understand that the word of God brings us back to the reality of what is true. What is the word of God? So if you're always looking at it with an analytical look, you're going to forfeit again that truth, that revelation. The, the, the fact that the uh, space shuttle that went to the moon, they say that it was on course when it blasted off and it was perfectly in the path to get to the moon. But they say that that rocket was off course 90%, 90 plus percent of the time. That's almost hard to believe that it would just continually drift off course and they would refire the engines and, and get the course to line right back up to where they were going. They, they reached their destination, but here's the thing. They were able to come back. It's exciting to get to the moon. I don't know about you, but if I'm in the rocket, I want to get back. 
So, so this morning, I want you to see that as the word of God gets us there, he continues through speaking the word of God. The word of God comes into our life and the word of God brings through hearing the word of God, faith. The, the message that I started last week, and I want to give you kind of part two, is this. How to taste the goodness of God. And I'm going to give you three steps. And today is the part two, which I'll give you part or point number two and number three. But I just kind of want to bring us back. If you weren't here last week, it's okay. It's okay. But to, to get back to allowing the word of God to recorrect our path. To kind of allow the word of God to kind of, you know, fire the engines and kind of go, okay, okay, I can do this. Now, if, if we're honest, everybody desires joy or to be joyful in their life. That's opposite of being fearful. If you're not careful, you always want to gravitate to the fear of the unknown. That's called doubt or unbelief. And fear, doubt, and unbelief is an enemy against the Word of God actively changing our lives, changing our paradigms. When we walk in fear, we always you, you just never know. But, but people that are like this, and, and again, if you're analytical, you say, you never know. What you're really saying is you never know it's going to go bad. You never say, you never know that it's going to go good. So you really aren't looking to be able to see the goodness of God. You're really saying, Let's just wait and see if God's word might work and it might not. Again, I, I defined joyful is a feeling or an expression or causing great pleasure and happiness. It's a contentment. It's the ability to rest in joy. We know that the fruit of the Spirit is uh, one of them is the characteristic is joy. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. But when you get to the joy part, when you think about all those characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit working in our life, to, to be actually, uh, to, to express joy is really when you think about opposite of fear. Because you really can't be walking in fear and experience joy at the same time. So this morning, let's look at joy. But the Word of God says disobedience will bring negative consequences. Now, we're going to be talking about that. And I want you to focus on that in a minute, not right now. But in a way that maybe you haven't thought of it before. Disobedience to the Word of God brings negative consequences. Again, taste and see of the goodness of God. The, the first point that I brought out last week, and, and I encouraged you through handing out of Scripture on a piece of paper to take that home and to meditate on those Scriptures. I'm going to hand out another sheet today of different Scriptures. And, and I, I ask you, the first point was renew your mind to the goodness of God. Because we talked about Romans chapter 12 be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might know God's good, perfect, and pleasing will. If you renew your mind, it, let me tell you, out of these three points, this is the hardest point. You can be 12 years old, if you're younger, probably you're in the children's church, but you can be 12 years old today and you can be on a better track than someone that's 75 years old and in this sanctuary and gone to church all your life. Now you say, how in the world is that possible? 
Because the person that's 75 that's gone all his life or her life has been leaning on their own understanding and building up experiences that are setting themselves up against the Word of God. Where a 12-year-old or a person that's, who knows, 30 years old that just came to know God says, God, I'm not going to lean on my own understanding, but I'm going to acknowledge you in all my ways. And the process has begun. Renewing your mind to the goodness of God. Hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. It's a continual thing. It's not, I did that back in junior high. I did that back when I got married. I did that back. No, it's a continual thing that you're continually working the word of God over and over in your life. Let me tell you, as a pastor, I get the benefit of preparing a message every week. But also it's a duty. Can you imagine if I came in here and I said, well, I don't have anything. I'm pretty busy this week. Everybody be like, dude, we came to hear some word of God up in here and you don't have anything. But hearing the word of God, preparing the message of God for John Miller every day has kept me continually hearing and seeing and, and applying that to my life. And, and that's what I've encouraged you to do. To continually to get into the word of God. It's it's a paradigm shift to go to the place where Isaiah 30 chapter chapter 30 verse 18 says that we can expect and look and long for the goodness of God in our life, the, the favor of God on our life. That, that's a paradigm shift because usually where we are right now in our life, we've been raised in a society that says, just wait just a minute, you never know. And fear and doubt and unbelief comes into the person's life if they're a believer or not. Now, last week we talked about tasting and seeing that God is good for your own life. And, and we used the, the illustration, I had a piece of cho or a chocolate cake up here. And oh, let me tell you, I'm kind of wishing I had another piece today. It was a glass of cold milk right there. And, and I tasted and I said, everybody here could say, I've seen and I really believe that that's good chocolate cake. It probably tastes great. But I've just seen it, but I have not experienced it for my life. What we're doing is in this month, and, and really I, I've been, again, feels like God's downloading things into my life that I'm hoping to share, and I don't know how long we'll go on this, but I, I really feel that that the more that we understand the goodness of God, it begins to open us up to revelation to allow God to do things in our life. Sometimes for the very first time in our life. To really believe that we can expect God to do things in our life. Let, let me give you, let me speak to all the people that are here that say, well, really, I, I've kind of renewed my mind. And maybe you're here and you say, well, I've already kind of got that down. Well, let me ask you, let me just kind of give a little pop test or kind of give you kind of a, where am I at in all this? Is is confessing out of your mouth is a good way of seeing where you're at? I've got it down. God's changed my life. Yet, but I just don't know if He's going to bring me through. See, oop. The warning light on the dashboard goes off. Let me give you another. Uh, Psalms 91 says this. 
He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abideth under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say, He is my fortress, He is my refuge, and Him will I trust. And everybody goes, Amen. But if you keep reading that, it says this. I will not fear, even if a thousand, during a battle, a thousand fall on my side, on this side, and ten thousand on my right side. Can you confess that? Wait just a minute now, Pastor. (laughs) I'm not that good a fighter. Whatever your comment is, it will show you where you're at confessing the Scripture in your life. You say, well, I don't know about that. You know, because... how, how about this? Is in, in when the Word of God tells us to taste and see that God is good, and even in the area of being generous, and talking about giving, and it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. When, when, when you tithe, that I'll open up a floodgate of heaven, you go, whoa, 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 slow down. I, I, and it it's a, kind of shows you where you're at in your life as a, Allowing the word of God to renew your mind to tasting and seeing how good God is. When somebody reads the passage of scripture about something and, and, and you're all of a sudden excited. Is that something that you're saying that I'm not there, but I am progressing or I'm not there and that's too big for me and stepping back. Sometimes when we hear somebody say, what is your goals in your life? Or, or here's a good one at the first year. What is your New Year's resolutions? And you go. They never work. I never make any New Year's resolutions. Well, the question is, when you make those New Year's resolutions, are you saying, God, I'm believing what your word says over my life? And these are the things right now that I have a deficit in. And those are the things that I'm going to believe for my life this year. It's a whole other way of looking at it. Instead of being critical that you're just going to make all these different declarations, uh, uh, I don't want to hit any rocks this year with a lawnmower. You guys are there this morning, right? All right, all right. So the second thing that I want you to write down if you're taking notes is believe that you'll see the goodness of God. Believe you will see the goodness of God. Now, I know that sounds kind of like, well, that, that's a pretty simple point. But here's what I know. It says in Psalms 27, verse 13, what? What would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? What the psalmist is saying is, if I just believed that the goodness of God would happen after I died and went to heaven, then what would have become of me? I would have just gone through life. I would have floated downstream probably and done whatever everybody else was doing. But I believed in the goodness of God in the land of the living. Right now while I'm breathing, I believe that I can see the goodness of God. You know, the thing is that when we believe that we will see the goodness of God, it's all part of hope. Now, now it's all part of faith. Think about this. When we talk about everything hinging on faith in our life, faith is being sure of the things we hope for and certain of the things we do not see. Everybody can say, well, I can have faith for this or I can have faith for that. But if you truly do not hope for it, it's something that you'll forget tomorrow. Until the pressure comes against what you're believing for, and then usually you become weak-hearted or you just want to quit. 
But watch this. When we believe that we will see the goodness of God right now in the land of the living, there, there's something about believing that we will see it that changes everything. You know, typically someone would say, you can believe that there's a million dollars and it's different than receiving the million dollars. But let me go another step further. Not just money. But let's say, I believe that there are good children out there. It's different than believing that I will have good children. I believe that there is people that have good marriages. But do you believe that you'll or can have a good marriage? Bruno gets the award on Valentine's week for saying amen during that part of it. Let me go a little step further. We talked about it a little bit this morning. How about believing that you could even Walk in health in your life. Having the perfect weight for your body type. You don't hear that at church often, do you? That's not spiritual, Pastor. Some people could make the money part not spiritual either. But they're separating the goodness of God just with the things that they do not see in the spiritual realm when God wants to work in your life in every area of your life. And seeing prosperity, that's total wholeness, come in your life. There's something about expecting it and hoping for it that brings that being sure of the things we hope for in faith in our life. Now, now watch this. Unless you believe that you're going to see the goodness of God, it is so easy to get away from the things of God. Well, God works sometimes and He doesn't. I don't have to do those things because sometimes He works and sometimes He doesn't. If you believe James chapter 1, verse 17, which says every good gift and every perfect, free, large, full gift is from above and it comes down from the Father to all those that love Him. Now think about this. If we believe that God is a good God, a good Father, and He gives us good things, then again, why is it in our society that we begin to go, we can't expect God to do good things for us? You know, not too long ago, we just opened our coffee shop, just probably about a thousand feet from our, our building here. And it is going great and all the goodness is happening, people coming in. And every time the door opens, I, if I'm there, I'm just like smiling, I'm happy. They don't even know who I am. Excuse me, get out of the way, I got to buy coffee, you know, but it excites me. Because I know that, again, an interpoint into the kingdom of God is building a relationship with people that we would never be able to do before that. But there was a time when I got the vision and I began to believe that one day that we would have those buildings built down there. And I remember the day that I decided that I was going to mow the yard. The weeds had gotten up about this high all the way down there on that side. And, and they had we had trash that blown in. Not from us, because we're not trash. But you know, from everybody else. And they'd blown in. And I remember getting on the mower and mowing my vision. And getting down there, and when I'm sitting on there, I'm listening to the Word of God. And, and let me tell you, I, I had to do that, begin, and begin to do that, and begin to do that. and be there. I did it the whole year I mowed this yard. 
just to get me in the place. And when I when I got done with this yard, I would go down to that part of the property and I would mow around and I began to see people coming in through the doors of those buildings. Now, what am I saying? If I never by faith believed that it would happen, if I could not see it, I would again step back and say, and let me tell you, it was a big job from that moment until this moment that we're receiving it to continue to walk by faith and to see the goodness of God. Are you with me? Do you know 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says, the scripture says, what eye has not seen in the ear has not heard and has not entered into the heart of man. All that God has prepared and made and keeps ready for those who love him who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him and gratefully recognizing the benefits he has bestowed. Did you catch that part? And gratefully recognizing the benefit. See, God is doing good things in our life and we don't even recognize it half the time. Then he goes on to say, yet to us, God has unveiled, now watch this, and revealed them by and through his spirit for the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsels and things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. Now again, you know what that says, but let me tell you what I'm hearing it said, just so if, if you didn't get it. That no eye has seen yet, or ear has heard, or even all, even the imagination of man, all that God has prepared for those that love him. But God has, see a lot of people stop right there. But God has revealed them through His Spirit. His Holy Spirit that resides in the believer. If we're listening, God can say, I have some great things for you. I, I want you to believe that you're going to see them right now while you're still here on this earth. Some of you are believing because the Holy Spirit has prompted you that you lost sons and daughters that do not know Christ or maybe they've gotten away from God will come back. Some of you are walking by faith and believing that, that those things in your life, maybe years ago that through a divorce or some kind of uh, conflict in a relationship, that God's going to bring back all the goodness, even though it seems like there's no way that I'll ever be as happy as I once was. That the Holy Spirit has revealed it to you and you're by faith believing that you're going to see the goodness of God. Even though you can't see it, even though you can't hear all the things God has for you, you're believing. Do you know the Hebrew word is shalom? Jewish people will a lot of times receive somebody into their presence by saying it or when they leave. It's a greeting or it's a salutation. And it means to have wholeness in your life, in your spirit, your soul, and your body. In other words, you have nothing missing or nothing broken. That's a blessing on your life. Shalom. To be able to walk in all areas of blessings in your life might be maybe a little bit further than you right now can believe because your capacity isn't there yet. And maybe you think, you know, I can have total goodness of God. I can see it. I can, you know, in my health. But maybe in your marriage or maybe in your children or maybe in your other relationships at work, you're not seeing that. 
this morning, again, I want us to stretch to believe that God can show us His goodness in our relationships. Even if this morning our society is just flush that relationship and go on to somebody else. That we walk by love and not by our feelings. We walk by faith and not our feelings. You know that a lot of times I think that when we get in a place where we say, you know, I don't know if I'll ever see the goodness of God in that area of my life. That, that our, our standard of believing has become just like the people that are around us in the world. And, and when we say that the Christian, the believers in Deuteronomy 28, the children of God say, you'll be an overcomer. You'll, you'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the country. You'll be blessed coming in. You'll be blessed. You, you know, that, that's, not, that's not for us. And why is that not for us? Is because that's what the world tells us. And we hear, we begin to walk by that standard, even though that, that's not the standard that God has for us. Now watch this. I'm not giving you all illustrations about coffee, but this is another coffee illustration. Be it. Years ago, when we began to, to decide where we're going to get the coffee and everything, we, we talked to a guy that's kind of a coffee expert, and he said, probably right now the most popular coffee in our country is from Someone said Honduras. Starbucks. That's the most popular because that's the most that is drank. And he said this. He goes, what was your, what was, what is the best apple pie in the whole world? And everybody would say mom's. Because see, that was the first apple pie that you defined apple pie by. That was the standard that now everything else either was better or not as good. Maybe it was grandmother's apple pie. So the first time that somebody said, $4 for a cup of coffee, and then you tasted it, you probably went, that don't taste like a $4 cup of coffee to me. And you went back, and you went back. And that became the standard of coffee around the world. Gwen and I were blessed to go to uh, Europe, and, and we visited the museum, the Louvre. And, and I'm walking through that beautiful museum of all this art. And over here, there was a sign that said, coming soon, a Starbucks. I said, a Starbucks? They've even gotten in the Louvre. They're everywhere. The, the standard is Starbucks coffee. So when you taste it, you just think it's got to be a burnt. So this is what the expert in the coffee said. He said, John, here's why they chose to burn the coffee. Because years ago, and it begins to make sense. He goes, years ago, what happened was that Italians, this was generations ago, that you, everybody knows where Italy is. Everybody knows the boot, you know, the boot that looks like a boot. It's really not a boot, but it looks like a boot, huh? Everybody with me? Boot, the southern part of the boot, down by the heel and the foot and the ankle and calf. Well, not that far. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. The southern part of the boot in Italy the, the people that lived there would reap the benefits from the people up north, if you know what I mean, through the river. And so what they did, they didn't have quality water in the southern part of the, the boot. And so what they would do is, if, if, you don't, if you know anything about coffee, it's like 90-some percent water. So the water, that, that's what you got to do is purify your water. We have purifier after purifier down there because the water's got to be good. But they did not have good water. So what would happen is the, the people from Italy would burn the coffee 
bean. So when they actually put it in the coffee, you would taste burnt coffee consistently every time you drank coffee. So the people would say, that's how coffee tastes. So then immigration happened over the years and uh, Italian immigrants came to America and introduced this kind of coffee. Now, Starbucks picked it up because they're a big company and they're all over the country and so all over the world. And so what they knew was if they could burn it, they would have consistency. If you drank a cup of coffee in Fort Worth, Texas from Starbucks, it should taste like the one, you know, in Omaha, Nebraska or at the Louvre in Europe. Do you understand? So that they would have consistency. Nowhere are they going for the perfect cup of coffee. Okay. So then when you introduce, or you sometimes will introduce a better quality of coffee, nowadays people go, I don't taste the coffee. That's no good coffee. I've heard that from other coffee, never at ours. But anyway, just here's what I'm trying to say is when we're believing that we're going to taste the goodness of God right now in our lives, a lot of times we have been going on the standard that everybody else in the world goes, they aren't believers. That say, kind of tune down your expectations of God. You're not going to see the goodness of God right now in every area of your life. Matter of fact, a pastor that says that might be a little bit of that prosperity gospel that, you know, that stuff don't work. And really what they're saying is, you just got to believe the old burnt way of the person that's going around busted and disgusted. And for the believer, we have to stand and go, no, no, no. We're not going on that standard. We're not going to be consistently expecting the thought, well, you never know if God's going to be faithful or not. We're changing the way that we're thinking because the Word of God comes into our life and transforms our thinking. Again, we're talking about believing that we will see the goodness of God. Matter of fact, in Psalms 145 verse 9 says, The Lord is good to all. There might be people here that says, He hadn't been good to me. And let me tell you, that's sad when you say that. Because I'll guarantee you, my God has been good to you. You just haven't noticed. And you haven't taken note and haven't praised and confessed that. But you're looking at the things that even though you could have a hundred things go right in your life, one thing goes wrong. Say there. Say there. But again, when we begin to see the revelation develop in our life, the light coming on of the goodness of God, It says in Luke chapter 12, it is his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Another passage in Psalms 84 says, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. There's something about people, and this is is John Miller, as I've seen as a pastor, and and people that get the revelation of the goodness of God, I'm talking about for themselves. It seems like they begin to be able to relax and by faith receive what they're needing from God to work in their life. But there's people that will walk in that fear and doubt and unbelief and they begin to lose heart. They begin to feel guilt come over their life and they always are wondering if God is going to be good for them. 
God, you're good for Pastor John. You're, you're good for, you know, uh, Mother Teresa or whoever else that they think is someone. But you can't be good to me. And I'm telling you now, if you're a believer, God is going to be good to you. Let me ask you, if you choose not to have the revelation that God can be good to you right now, where will you be next year this time? So you'll be opening yourself up to allowing the enemy to come into your life and still kill and destroy what God has intended for you. Instead of walking in the blessing of God, you'll begin to look for the ways that the enemy is beating you up. Instead of improving, you'll begin to regress. Instead of just seeing the words on the pages of the Bible, the, the, the actual meaning will jump out on you. And you begin to see it in the land of the living. Transformation. This morning, I want to give you the third way of how to taste and see the goodness of God. And it, it is this. Ready? Revelation's going to jump all over you. Receive the goodness of God. Well, Pastor, that's pretty easy. Let me tell you, it is not. It is the harvest of receiving it. Not just to being able to see it by faith, but when it appears to be able to receive it. There's a lot of people that feel like out of just humility, oh, I could never receive that in my life. I've seen it happen so many times. And I'm thinking, did you not believe for that? Have you not been confessing that? But when it shows up in their life, there's something about it that they kind of just regress and go, you know what, I don't, I don't know if I could get that. I've seen people that have been pro, uh, provided or an opportunity, a promotion in their life, and they go, you know what, that, that, that might be too much for me. Can we all agree that the harvest time can be as hard as the sowing time? For you to receive all areas of your life is going to take work on your part. Matter of fact, it says this in Psalms 84 again, For the Lord is good. The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does He withhold from those who walk. Their walk is blameless or those that walk uprightly. No good thing is He going to withhold. Pastor John, did you say no good thing? I said no good thing will He withhold. Well, Pastor, I don't know. Well, just keep confessing it, and then it becomes part of you. God, I know there's no good thing that you withhold. God, I know that I've got this illness in my life, but God, I'm going to believe for the goodness of God in my health. I don't I believe the doctor, but he's going on all he has, and I'm going to go on what I have is the word of God for my life. Now just beware. That when everybody's limping and you choose by faith that you're not going to go around fear, doubt, and unbelief and you're not going to limp like everybody else in their spirituality, you're going to be looked at as a kook. But it's amazing, isn't it? That everybody that doesn't go like everybody else, we usually put them in history books and we praise them for being world changers. But during the time they're doing it, they're kooks. Have you ever thought about that? Christopher Columbus, that guy is... The world's flat. Everybody knows that. The other day I, was, I had an interview with a, a company that wants to possibly lease the retail space. 
that we own just next to the coffee shop. And um, one of the one of the possibilities is it's a pediatric hospital therapy kind of place. And and the guy that was uh, in the interview was a great guy. Um, and I said, what do you do? He said, well, that's my wife's position doing that. But I work for a nonprofit. I take a step up. What kind of nonprofit? He says Samaritan Purse, which is Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's sons, goes all over the world. And he was telling me stuff. And I'm like, wow, huh? You know, I'm like. And he tells me a story that I wanted to share this morning. And it was a story that I was like. He says probably one of the greatest poverty stricken place is rule uh, the Philippines. And he says, you fly over Manila and they have the skyscrapers like New York and it's got prospered. But you go out more in the rural areas and, and it's just open trash heaps. And, and they're living in shacks and, and places that you can imagine. And he said, the people are, some of them are rummaging through the dumps, the trash, just so that they could maybe find something that they could sell somebody to make a living. And then he said, the jackpot, the people that find something that they think is a jackpot, is when fast food restaurants make dumps and they find that dump. Woo! And I said, what do they do with it? He says, well, they'll gather as much of it up as possible and they take it back to their house and they put it in a pot and they melt it down into like a gelatin. And I said, a jelly? Yeah, a gelatin. And what they do is they cut that up and they sell it, and it's called Pag Pag. And they are so proud of that when they offer it. To, Would you like a little Pag Pag? And I said, you mean to me, you, you mean to tell me they eat that? And he says, oh, they think it's the best. Fast, you mean fast food restaurants, kind of like what are it's just, just like what are here in the United States? I said the the food that we're really kind of thinking isn't the best food. They like to dump. They like to melt it down into a gelatin that's kind of got a wiggle to it, and then they eat that. Yeah, that, that's. By the look on your face, you don't want to serve that at halftime next week. No pack pack. See, see, here's where we're at. When we believe that we will receive the goodness of God, what we don't realize is we're allowing our society and the things that are around us are really, we're rejoicing over the little things that... We're, we're going through the dump. And we're thinking, woo, if I could just get... The, God has so much better for us. Instead of trying to eat on what the newscaster says every night. The sky's falling, the sky's falling. We don't have time sometimes to get into the Word of God and hear the goodness of the Word of God, the food that can refresh our lives and renew our strength. Now, now let me tell you this, because I'm going to start wrapping it up. Here's what's important. Again, nothing will He withhold for those that walk uprightly. You know, when, when I was reading this and praying this week, I, I believe 
this has a lot to do with why we do not receive the goodness of God. Some of us. is because we feel like we're not worthy to receive the goodness of God in our life. See, the enemy can beat us down with guilt and shame so much that we say, you know, that's good for somebody else that has lived a holy life. But I've got things in my life that I'm doing that I'm not perfect and I really don't deserve the goodness of God. If you ever have sinned, let's just throw that out. A lot of times after we sin and we know that we've sinned, we feel like there's a time that has to lapse before we're in the good graces of our God again. And the time varies on all of us, some of us maybe have done something that we know, why did I do that again? And then we do it again. And then we tell ourselves, well, I messed up. I, I just can't. I can't have the goodness of God. I, I'm going to do it again. I just keep the habitual sin, whatever it might be. And, and I began to think about this because how long is it in your life where you really feel like you're forgiven? Is it the hour after the sin where you say, God, forgive me? And do you, or do you still, no, I just got to carry that for another week, two weeks, six months. When I cross the year, pastor, then I'm forgiven. And all the while, the enemy is tempting you to do it again and again and again and again and again and again. And therefore, we begin like everybody else in that illustration that everybody starts limping because they think, well, I'm not perfect. And renewing your mind by the Word of God, listen, the Word of God tells us that our sins are forgiven. Do you know what that means? Your sin that you committed two minutes ago, you're forgiven. Repent and go on. That didn't go like I saw that going. It's it's a hallelujah. It's the amazing grace that we sing about. How amazing is that grace to you? That our God can forgive us? God, I messed up. My grace is sufficient for you. And as we experience, when, when we hear passages of scriptures that says, you are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. You know you're not righteous, but in Christ Jesus, you're righteous of what Jesus did on the cross for you that our sins can be forgiven. All of a sudden, then when we mess up, we go, God, forgive me of my sins. That moment you're forgiven, that moment in the righteousness of Christ Jesus, you're not going, I'm in the righteousness, I'm out of the righteousness, I'm in the righteousness, I'm... Well, how are you doing today? Are you in the righteousness? Are you the righteousness of Christ Jesus or are you not? No, you are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Therefore, as a child of God, you're walking. And when we're talking about expecting and looking and longing for the goodness of God. That doesn't just happen when you feel like that you've had enough time elapsed after the sin. 
The guilt and the shame is past, and now you can receive the goodness of God. Now, I'm telling you, and if you receive this this morning, then again, you'll begin to see the goodness of God. You'll begin to see the healing. You'll begin to see the wholeness, the prosperity that begins to, because your view, you're looking out different lenses of what you have previously. What previously had framed your thinking of, you're no good, you messed up, you know you're no good, all of a sudden changes and there's a humility that should come over your life going, God, thank you. Again, this is a free gift that nobody earns. The favor of God on our life. Again, let me just encourage you as I end this. This morning you might have been like, uh, you might have in the past have walked in the revelation of salvation. You're going to heaven. You, you know that Jesus died on the cross for you. You know that your sins are forgiven. But is there, there, is there a possibility this morning that you could go deeper in the word of God? That God has more for you than just the message of salvation? That the goodness of God can be in your life? That you can actually experience it and witness it for your life? Your family? Your children? Your marriage? Your work? It, could it be that you're living on a standard that's not God's standard? That you believe so much because everybody else told you it was true. But it just isn't true. It doesn't line up with the Word of God. Maybe you hear the Holy Spirit saying, Come, walk on the water. Stretch a little bit. God, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's a little bit stretch for me. I'm I'm praying and believing that we don't shut off the blessings of God because of the traditions of men, or because of what maybe good-meaning people have spoken over your life. That you'll begin this year getting more capacity to receive His goodness in your life. That you believe His Word and you begin to see believing the Word, speaking the Word, acting on the Word. Each step increases our capacity. God, I can, I can see it. I, I, I've witnessed for myself the goodness of God. You know what? People have told me about the goodness of God, but I'm one of those that have experienced the goodness of God. No eye has seen, no ears heard, but God's Holy Spirit can reveal it to us. And when we know that we're walking in the ways of God and God says, this is the way walk in it and we change direction, it might not even feel good. But the Holy Spirit says, I've got the goodness of my grace. I've got my hand on you. And because you're walking in a different direction than him, the Holy Spirit says, this is the way walk in it. And, and you, you begin to walk in it and you think, this isn't even comfortable at first, but I'm trusting God. I'm believing God. And you're faithful. You're faithful. And boy, God, I, I, you're working your faith because you don't see it, taste it, touch it. There, there's nothing that's except your belief. You can see it in, in the spiritual realm. I'm having faith. I'm believing that this is happening. I'm believing that I'm going to have a, a smoking relationship with my wife. Gentlemen, that's the second swing and a miss that Valentine's, you could have said, yeah, amen. That your children are going to be blessed in every situation. 
Well, you haven't met my children. You will believe. You're working your faith. You're working it. See, a lot of people think faith is just sitting on the couch waiting for something to happen. No, no. It takes work. You're working your faith. Ushers, if you'll help pass out those scriptures. This week, put it somewhere where you can see it every day. I, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to putting it in the bathroom where you're going to be every day or, or maybe on the refrigerator next to the cream puffs, wherever you visit every day. And when you begin to say this again, the word of God, Joshua 1 8, you know, this is the word of God. Don't let it depart out of your mouth. In other words, be confessing it. This is this is the word of God for my life. This is the word of God for my life. You're faithful, 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 faithful. And listen, don't be surprised when you're fruitful. Pastor, I never saw it coming in a million. Don't say that if you're believing for it. I didn't know God was going to come through for me, but you know what? He was, he was faithful. No, come on now. Be walking and expecting and looking and longing for the goodness of God in your life. Now again, as, as we end this message and we go on, we, we're, we're going to be done in less than probably five minutes. Keith's going to come up, close the service. A little bit different message, but I, what, I want, and what I've been believing and praying for our church is that again, that we change our standard and line it up with the Word of God, if it's not. Everything hinges on the Word of God. So just the passages that I'm handing out to you today can be put in a Bible and you never sit until next week. That's your choice. Or you can make a choice today to say, you know what? I'm tired of other people that are seeing the goodness of God. I'm going to pick up the fork and taste for myself the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen? Let me pray over your life. God, you are a loving Father. And Father, there is no good thing that you will withhold. You said it. And Father, some people believe, and God, I know that it's hard to increase our capacity, but some people believe that it's almost feeling like a lie when they confess your word. But God, we know that you're not a man that you would lie. And every time that we put your word in effect in our life, we're allowing you to be true and everybody that says it's not right, a liar. God, we're changing our standard to line it up with your word, not our word, not somebody else's experience, not someone else's guess or theory, but God, we're lining our word up with your standard, which is the word of God for our life. And God, we expect looking long to see the goodness of God in our life while we are living. And we thank you for that. As your children, we thank you so much for that. In your name we pray. Amen.